First of all, Jags fans need to shut the fuck up because Yikes. they told they told us Ooh. Ooh. they told us that Blake Bortels was better than Matt Ryan. So shout out to Freddie Beast on this podcast. What up, Freddie? They need to stay in their lane and not try us again because I'll see them at the Jags game this year. They I won't. Let me say that right now because they get my money this year, dog. I'm sorry. Uh, that was not spicy. I mean, it is what it is. Yo, what's good? It's your boy, S Report 706. This is the Dirty Burn Nation Report, the unofficial official podcast of Falcons Twitter. We have our uh, usual suspects, our regular host, guest host. We have uh, Jif Queen uh, at Lethal Saint. What? We, yes, Jif. It is pronounced Jif. No. The creator of the uh-huh. word said it's pronounced Jif, so it's Jif. We have really? the. Uh, the, the Twitter legend, uh, Jalen Muhammad, and we have resident uh, Colts expert slash uh, Closet Falcons fan, Marcus underscore Sniffles. What's good, y'all? Just oh, my God. All right. All right. I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just here to prosper. I just want to get my takes off. That's it. That's all I want to yeah. do. I got takes. If your takes are anything that I just witnessed in this, uh, this chat we just did before we went live, then I don't want to hear them. I got I'm all the takes. Cheeks. So you relax. <laughs> <laughs> so so before we start, we I was just asking the, the guys that they had seen the the Joker movie. So um, I saw it yesterday, and the one thing that I can uh, tie this into the Falcons podcast is that a lot of these uh, fanatics out here are looking like these uh, Joker people with clown mask on. Then they take them off, and there's like clown makeup under their clown mask because, like the the takes that I'm seeing on the on the Twitter sphere is. It's it's getting to the point where I understand why a gift queen mutes and blocks people, because like people don't understand like it, people don't understand how football works, right? Like fundamentally, it's a team game. This isn't like basketball where you have one or two players that can dominate or control the flow of the game. It is a it is a group effort from the from the GM to the head coach to the president all the way down to the water boy. It is a team effort. It is not you know, one insert offensive player or one insert defensive player that is causing this team's downfall. It is much bigger than that. We all know who I'm talking about. So I know I was talking to Jalen. For the offense, the one person that is bringing down the offense is Devontae Freeman, apparently, to people. And then on defense, the one person that's holding this defense back from being great is Vic Beasley. I thought you were going to say Duke Riley. Well, Duke Riley now plays for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, so uh, he's, he's out there doing whatever they do out there in Philly, but it's, it's just crazy to me how people watch sports or claim to watch sports, claim to understand football, but, you know, seem to have these trash takes. Like, everybody's like, oh, Vic Beasley didn't register any stats last week. You know, he's trash. Dan Quinn's going to lose his job because he bet on Vic Beasley. No, Dan Quinn is going to lose his job because, A, he bet on Steve Sar- – not Steve Sarkeesian. I keep saying that. He bet on Dirk Cotter. No, that's part of it. That is part of it, yeah. <laughs> And then also he uh, bet on himself to get this defense to where it needs to be, where it has looked good in, in, in pieces, but as a whole, it just something ain't right. Can and we again, talk about Dirk? Can we can we talk about Dirk Carter for a minute? Oh yes, please, I, please. Let's, let's, I, let's do we'll that. We'll get to him in, in two <laughs> seconds. We'll get to him two in two seconds. But again, I I just don't get it. Like Vic Beasley has played good up to the last game, but people still had this narrative that he's terrible, he's trash. Again, he's not worth thirteen mil. He's not. Nobody's saying nobody's saying he was. I don't, I don't think, but like they couldn't really afford to replace him. But even if you lowered his cap hole to like let's say six mil, who are they going to get? Everybody else was signed at that point. 
We could have got a rental. I mean, come on. You could have got a rental. What, what's we the point of having a blind man to come and because play? So that's that's kind of my my little intro. Uh, I know we want to talk about a little about Dirk Carter, so I'll let a close expert. Let's no, talk. Let's talk. We'll talk about the game first, and then we'll get into that guy. He who shall not be named. So, as we all or everybody here, but uh, I don't think Marcus or or Gift saw it. Nope. You know, they got drubbed 47 to 32. I know we're 53, but uh, I'm not counting that last pick six. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Jalen, I was closest in the last podcast. You, you, I said I, we lose. See, I was going to do the math on that because you technically said we were going to lose by like 70, and I said we were going to yeah. lose by, by uh, like 11. Technically, I was like closest, but I'll say you were just for uh, GP. That well, was. Okay. Well, yeah, they got uh, they got drubbed. Every part of the that team failed this week, from the offense being completely inept at doing what it needed to do, and the defense being how can I say this? Did anybody seen Blues Clues? You know, when they're trying to find the clues around the map or whatever. Yeah, that's what they were. They were the they were just not there the entire game. And then special teams was special teams. Like they matter, but it wasn't really. They did what they had to do, or they did close enough to what they had to do. So, for anybody that did watch the game, how did you think about it? I think uh, Matt Ryan did a great job of shutting down Julio Jones in that game. Here we go. Well, okay. I think that'd be more anybody dirt. but you. Dirt. I think anybody dirt but... did a great job of shutting down Julio <laughs> Jones. And anybody Calvary. but Marcus. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, again, just watching the game, it looked promising earlier when we finally got out to a, a decent lead. Uh, we were up, what, like 14-0? Whoa, 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 whoa. You trust us with a lead? It After was, it was what, 7-6 seven, seven, or something like that? And then, okay. Okay. And then it so, was like 7-10, and then it was like 10, I don't know, some shit like that. So, again, I, I didn't get my hopes up because, again, this Falcons team hasn't really showed us that they can finish a complete game. I knew the game was over on that third down where uh, your boy, uh, the GOAT, Deshaun Watson, uh, fumbled the ball, picked it up, and proceeded to rush for a first down on third and, like, third and long. And I was like, yep, yep, this is uh, – I, I see where this game is going, and it went downhill from there. That that's unacceptable. It kind of reminded me of that one uh, Jameis Winston play a couple years ago. Oh he, like, lord! Ran yeah. through the entire defense like for no reason. Like I think that one might still be the goat Falcon Falconiest Falcon play, uh, regular season play. But that Deshaun Watson. Nah, Teddy Bridgewater had one. I think the year that Mike Smith got fired, where he literally like shook through the four tackles and then broke somebody's ankle for like a third and fifteen first down or some shit. That was the most pitiful display I've ever seen in my life. The Wasn't Deshaun Washington was kind of unlucky. Yes, he was a rookie. Yep. That was embarrassing. What a game. Deshaun Washington was kind of just unlucky, but it still shouldn't have happened. Mm. Yeah, that, that doesn't make any sense at all. The fuck? All right, so yeah, after that play, I was like... That's that's a play that you have to make. Like I, I don't understand how, and I'm sure one of the the smarter guys broke this out on film. Shout out to Aaron Freeman, all the guys do the uh, 
the analytical reviews and the GIF breakdowns, but just me looking at a uh, looking at the team from a uh, a supporter, not a fan. I like how Jalen, uh, we, we linked up and uh, we are Falcon supporters. I am not a fanatic. I'm not one of these crazy people on Twitter. But just looking at the game, it's like, yo, that is a play that has to be made. Like, we, we can't allow stuff like that happen. And, and just from there, it went downhill. Like, Isaiah Oliver is, uh, I don't know what he's doing. Just the whole defense as a whole looks crazy. And I know I messaged Jalen saying, hey, even last year, and we were missing uh, Ke- Keanu Neal, Ricardo Allen, and uh, Debo. We never, I don't think we gave up that many points in the game. Like, so how do we turn around next year with, you know, a better quote unquote coordinator guy that put his uh, put his nuts on the table and said, hey, I'm gonna take over this defense only missing one starter. And we just look like a badly coached middle school team. You know, I'll even raise you. I'll even raise you on that. I think this is a better like defensive roster than it was last year, which is weird. Besides, uh, obviously, aside from the cornerback two spot and potentially the nickel corner quarterback then i think this was like overall just like a better like team which is doesn't explain why they're just being so awful this year well just to kind of the defense just like you've seen flashes of what the defense line has looked like and what we can do like as far as uh getting things done stopping the run and getting some pressure sometimes but we just can't finish like i don't i, I don't i don't understand it, it's just not making any sense man like I think that maybe I feel like this situation where, you know, Dan Quinn kind of maybe bit off more than he can chew, deciding to coach just the defense, even though in theory that sounds like it would be less work and less responsibility. But ultimately, he's still the head coach. There's other things that he has to do and and manage. But, man, this is like this is what you do. This is your specialty. And you're not you're not looking good at all. What other is crazy? If his responsibility is the defense, then you have to be able to trust your offensive coordinator to handle everything else. Wait, and to be fair, to to be fair, like I'll let you continue that in a second. But I feel like when he said he was gonna coach like the defense, he's gonna call the plays, but he's not really like coordinating anything. I think he really just wanted to work on the D line. Cause I think that's where he spent ninety nine point like seven percent of his time over the offseason was dealing with the D line, which is Obviously, where it needs to be because the DRD line has not been good for a very long time now. Even though they've invested like high, well, not high, they've invested two high ish picks on it. And I think that's where he like put most of his bread into. Everything else is just like this is why he has so many coordinators on there. He has like a passing game, an assistant passing game. He has a uh, linebackers coach and assistant linebackers, uh, assistant to the assistant linebackers coach. Like he had a bunch of coaches on his staff, and he added another one, which you would think would help him out. So I don't know really how much of that is like his fault. Now, don't get me wrong; I want them all gone, but I don't know how much of that is really like his fault. There's only so much you can do. Well, but the thing is with. Obviously, with a lot of fans from the media, it's all about the perception. Because even if it's not his fault, and he's the one that has all these assistants and coordinators, the narrative is that Dan Quinn took over the defense, and the defense has not improved. And again, this is a, a franchise that, you know, with all the PSL issues with uh, a lot of the true fans, uh, true natives from Atlanta, feeling like they've been outpriced to to watch and support their team. And even the people that are paying that money are like, yo, we didn't, we're not paying these PSLs to uh, watch this team get beat like this. So it, it increasingly, the fans are are starting to get to Arthur Blank, and again, 
like it might not be all his fault, but there's at some point going to have to be a sacrificial lamb if you're not getting what you can get out of this roster, a roster that has been, again, the media, I, I feel, is to blame for a lot of this. They, they've kind of over overrated yeah. put together, and people just drank the Kool-Aid up, like, oh, the Falcons, we got this great receiving core. We drafted two linemen, two rookie linemen. DQ's calling the defense. We should be a shoe-in to be in the Super Bowl and make the playoffs. And I'm not saying that we sh- don't have the talent to be a playoff-caliber team, but for whatever reason, that that talent is not being utilized. Like just looking at the other side of the ball, the Texans, it's like okay, they have they have Nuke. Nuke is great. DeAndre Hawkins is a great receiver. Then you have Will Fuller, who apparently he's fast, really good. He he he's actually really good. He was actually one of the people that I wanted them to take in the draft that he was in, just because we didn't have really a speed guy, and he's probably one of the best speed guys in the league, if not Tyreek Hill. So. I wasn't really worried about him, like, because I knew he was going to get his because he's actually the – every time that he's played in their their offense, they've been so much better because Deshaun plays like he does. He plays for the big play. He plays for the, the explosive play almost, like, every time, which is why he's always taking so many sacks along with his line being trash. But and he was, still, he's really, really good. Okay, so but okay, let's let's flip that. So uh, if you flip the size of the bar, flip teams. We have Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, and then the supporting cast with Snoo and uh, Austin Hooper and those guys. So you mean to tell me that they can figure out ways to get the scheme open? Their second wide receiver, Will Fuller, and I mean comparably, I think they I think they both run uh, run four fours or four threes, right? Calvin Ridley and Fuller, correct? Uh, Fuller's a little bit faster, but it's like ten. This semantics. It's not much. Okay. Yeah. So they can find ways to scheme their their second guys open, and then Nuke still get his. But we can't find a way to get Sanu, Julio, Calvin, Devontae ball. It, well, we can find a way to get Hooper the ball. Like he's the offense clearly runs through him with our uh, coordination. But like, it's 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 very sad. Like I'm getting roasted among my friends that are uh, Jags fans saying like, "Oh, the Falcons need to get rid of Matt Ryan. He's been there 12 years. They ain't want shit." I'm like. I'm just at the point now where I don't talk to people that don't understand how football works. They just want to take the hot takes. It's like Matt Ryan's not back there covering. Again, Matt Ryan is not faultless. But again, the, the issues that we're having is like people not using the weapons they have. You know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't make sense not to have those people and to find ways to be creative to get them the ball or find matchups or do something. Well, this is And this is a coordinator that I was told that Matt Ryan is comfortable with because he was the coordinator previously, like what, four years ago? He had this same coordinator. And it's like, how is it that you have a coordinator that you're comfortable with, that you've worked with before, and either the coordinator's not on the same page or the offense or the quarterback isn't on the same page? But there's there's no reason Julio Jones shouldn't be getting, shouldn't have eight catches a game. You know what I'm saying? Like you have Calvin Ridley. That man had 10 touchdowns last year. He was he he's a great number. Like if Calvin Ridley's your second best receiver and you have Hooper out there, you should be able to get these guys the ball. Devontae Freeman is a very versatile tailback. Like he can run the ball, he can catch the ball. Like, how do you it's it's almost like you gave a five-year-old a, a, a Ferrari and he he just doesn't know what to do with it. He doesn't know how to drive a stick. Jeff, yeah. what are your thoughts on that? It's ridiculous. I mean First of all, Jags fans need to shut the fuck up because Yikes. they told they told us Ooh. Ooh. they told us that Blake Bortels was better than Matt Ryan. So shout out to Freddie Beast on the podcast. What up, Freddie? They need to stay in their lane 
and not try us again because I'll see them at the Jags game this year. They I won't. Let me tell you that right now. How could they get my money this year, dog? I'm they'll sorry. be lucky. They'll be lucky if I even turn on the Jazz game. That's gonna suck. <laughs> like, <laughs> listen, and that's if Jalen decides to come back to their little team. So, don't get me started on them. But um, there is no reason that our offense, with the weapons that we have, should be looking like it's looking, and. Y'all also told me that y'all were comfortable with Dirk. And I was like, why would we bring back somebody that we fired? Like, I wouldn't bring somebody that I fired back on this podcast. So I wouldn't do the same thing. Wow, 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 wow. Yikes. Oh, did I say something? Yikes. Not really. But y'all know what I'm talking about. Anyways, I I don't know why we brought him back. We... Fired him. I'm pretty sure he was a coordinator for our 412 seasons. Well, he 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 mm-hmm. didn't get fired. He was not retained after That's the offensive lineman apocalypse that happened in that season. So. The same difference. Let go. Fired. It's the he same. He wasn't good. He. So, I think he got a lot of credit where it didn't need to be. If that makes sense, he was playing. Obviously, the offense offenses change literally every year. They changed drastically from year to year. Like last year, until basically until Kyle Shanahan did what he did with our offense that year, you weren't seeing people run stuff like that as much. Now everybody does it. And Dirk has just not adapted to the way that offense plays now, like at all. Right. Even Sark kind of figured it out. So that's saying something. That's really like, Dirk, something. what are you doing? Like I don't even know if Sark really just figured it out because my problem with Sark was he didn't know how to like scheme off of things. He'll just throw something at the wall and be like, "Okay, you go 15 yards deep, and you go 10, and at the same side and see if it'll work." Yeah, and then when he first started, if that he run did run. that, if yeah, if he did that and it worked, and he'll be like, all right. Then we'll run that a little bit later, and we'll, we'll put that in the back pocket. But we're yeah. not gonna like, hey, let's run that same exact thing, but have somebody go over the top. And that'll be wide open. Like he he didn't do that. He just kind of you know mixed up. He just kind of threw some stuff together. Right. I mean, the, and the, I, the, the most disappointing thing about like this this offense, like y- y'all brought back someone that Matt Ryan is familiar with, so it shouldn't take long for him to, to figure out the offense. But you have an offense that is led by an MVP quarterback. He's he's been an All Pro. I'm pretty sure he's been a Pro Bowler. Devontae Freeman. I, in my book, he's a top 10 running back. Julio Jones is a top three wide receiver. Calvin Ridley's probably a top five, number two wide receiver. Al, uh, Hooper is a good young tight end. There's no reason that that, that that offense, regardless of what the defense is doing, there's no reason that that team should only put up 20 points a game. Right? That's not even a touchdown a quarter. And if you, you look at that offense and you think, how, like, let me just name some teams that score more points a game than the Falcons. The Jacksonville Jaguars put up more <laughs> points than the Jaguars <laughs> on, or put more points up on average more than the Falcons do. Uh, the Colts, the the Carolina Panthers with the, a rookie quarterback, uh, Dallas Cowboys, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, like, and the, the number two scoring office in the NFL, San Francisco 49ers. Oh, we lit, baby. Yeah. Like, 
Exactly. <laughs> yeah, about that. About well, that. We we'll get to that in a second because that's that ties into another one of my points. But real quick, I want to shout out uh, Anime Dunn, who's in the uh, in the uh, live stream. Shout out to her, one of my anime homies from Twitter. She's rocking with us, uh, so appreciate you uh, supporting the stream. Um, so to the narrative with uh with uh Dirt Cotter. So I was talking to Jalen on Twitter and. Uh, I guess one of the things with people on Twitter with sports is like everybody wants to be right. Like people want to be validated or vindicated by their takes or opinion to make them sound, make themselves sound maybe smarter than they are. Because, again, even with the, the experts at ESPN and all these major networks, uh, you're essentially you're guessing with these players, like with the draft. It's, it's a crapshoot. Honestly, somebody from the street would probably have well, not from the street, but I'm sure like some of the people from Twitter, like uh, Jalen and them could have a pretty decent chance at making a good draft class or picking a productive draft class. Um, so what I will say is I was one of the people that had that same mindset with Dirk Cotter that in my head, it's like, all right, cool. Instead of, instead of bringing in somebody brand new to learn a whole new system, like this would be Matt's what fifth or sixth new system in my head. I'm like, Hey, it makes sense to bring in somebody that he's familiar with to kind of, you know, shorten the learning curve. If that makes sense in theory that that should work. Right. But like Jalen said, the league has changed, right? He's not adapting to what is going on around him in the league, and he's he's kind of still living back in the past. So even though they are comfortable, he's not, I guess, creative enough to scheme the tools that he has around him, all the great weapons to be productive. And, and that's kind of one of the things that kind of I, I opened my eyes to this year. And again, because I'll never say that I'm the expert or know much about a lot of some of the intricacies of, of the game I try to learn as I go, but the, yeah, looking at what the Kyle Shanahan did with the Falcons and what Dirk Cotter and uh, Steve Sarkeesian couldn't do directly points to, hey, these guys matter. Like being creative and innovative matters. Being able to my, get your guys out of there my, matters. My favorite tweet that I sent out on that entire day of the Texas game was, I think I said, and I quote, if I can see every route that you just ran on the screen with the like the camera angles that we had, then you're doing something wrong. It was like third and eight, and I swear they all just ran came back and curls. Like <laughs> that's that's those are Madden plays. Uh, shout out to King Quest Seven Ten jumping stream. He wants to know about the defense. We'll get to that in uh, in a second. Oh, yeah, yes, trust I, me, I, we lighting ass up. I, I will. I will. I, I have no problem admitting that I I was wrong about that. I'm not understanding now that having uh, creative minds and, and, and great coordinators matter. I, I just thought that, hey, you have these guys. How hard is it to get them open and give them plays? Like, it doesn't make any sense. I know Jayla mentioned, I believe, last week, and I even thought the same thing. So if we're going to do Madden plays, right? Like you said, run Calvin Ridley on drags. Run Julio on drags. That, sh that should be an easy 8 to 10 yards every play. Like, just get a match in one-on-one, -on -one, let him burn somebody across the field, drop it off to him, and, and go afield. Like, how hard is stuff to do like that? I see other teams do it. Like, why why can't we do simple things like that that are effective with all of these weapons? I, it, I don't, it don't even have to be, like, something, like, super, like, super like intricate and, like, exotic. Kyle Janahead did the simplest thing ever, and it literally made an easy-ass touchdown. Yeah, I know I bring him up a lot, but it was it didn't make any sense. He literally just motioned. He motioned like three people on the left, and then he moved one. He moved the tight end back inside, right? Then he motioned the fullback from the right back to the left so he could see what that safety was going to do. 
As soon as they snapped the ball, that safety had to guard two people, and the tight end was wide open in the end zone. All he had to do was fit the throw in a wide, in a easy ass throw, and it was a touchdown. I was like, bro, that wasn't even hard. If I could tell you what's going to happen right there, then come on now. Look, and even I've been able to tell when we're about to run the ball because he <laughs> takes all the major wide receivers out of the game. So I know we're about to run. And if I know we're about to run, then they for sure know we're about to run. And that's why Freeman can't get anywhere. And everybody's like, Freeman sucks. It's like, no. They know nah, we're about sucks, to run. Bro. So they're going to stop him because Julio's out, Calvin's out, Hooper's out, everybody's out except for a couple of blocking tight ends and Freeman. So they know we're running. Like, that's why Freeman hasn't been able to go anywhere. So Dirk just needs to get his shit together, long story short, or get off this team. That's about it on the offense. Yeah. I'm tired so, of it. So just sticking on the offense, I do want to get to the, the Freeman conversation in a second. But just to kind of squash a bit of the narrative. So, again, Marcus, he was mentioning uh, – the Calvin Ridley's probably one of the number top five, number two He's guys. Probably in the, the third best number two in the league, I would say. Okay, so again, we say that, but he's not being utilized to his potential, which is kind of hurting that. That's dirty. But I mean, it is. But so, and this is one of the things that I saw last year. Um, so again, he he has he had ten touchdowns his rookie year. All right, but you got the first two games, he had one touchdown. Then he went three games without a touchdown. He had a touchdown. He went another two games without a touchdown, had a touchdown. Went four yeah, like games, a three. Went another three games without a touchdown, had two, three, one, and then the last game of the season he had zero. So for whatever reason, whether it's his player, the, their ability to get him get him in the game or get him involved, he, he's a bit sh- streaky, which, again, I, I don't understand how, how that works, but you should be able to find ways to get that man the ball. I don't. I don't know if I'm if I'm willing to take that he is streaky because I know against the Colts he was only targeted one time. He so, targeted. Yeah. He targeted once. So y'all, and no offense to you, like the Colts. Anything I actually really like the Colts, like most of their team, but their DBs suck compared to like the talent that the Falcons had. There was no way that Calvin really shouldn't have had a, at least eighty yards in a touchdown. That there, game. There, there, there's no excuse for Calvin Ridley to be targeted one time. Like they're that. Calvin really is good enough to be like, all right, he might be covered one-on-one, but I trust him to win a 50-50 ball. Like, he's exactly. good enough for that. Yeah. Like, and- one, like, one target, like, that's 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 something you do for your number four receiver who you're like, ah, let's just see if he could do something with it. Like, Calvin really is a Pro Bowl talent, and for him to go through a game with one target and zero catches – that's that's on the quarterback and that's on the offensive coordinator. Like that's well, just yeah. it, it's on Dirk and me. me I wouldn't say it's even the quarterback at that and in, in that I, I, particular I instance. It, I would put it more on the quarterback because he's not even looking at him. Yeah, uh, if, if the play is dictated to go to a certain place, then you know what I'm saying. Like it, like it I, like I always say, like on Twitter and on here, coverage dictates where the ball goes, and. They don't really run Julio and Calvin together as much as they definitely should. So when Calvin's on the field and Julio's not, they're going to add another safety over the top, especially with against the Colts when they have Malik Hooker who can pretty much erase all that because he's extremely good and extremely fast. So he was definitely – they shaded coverage toward him, so then you have to rely on the Austin Hooper and the, the – uh, Luke. 
all right, yeah, he's like he he shouldn't get another cash the rest of the year. But uh, like Austin Hooper pretty much ate that game. Julio ate that game towards the uh, middle parts and end of it, and it just be like that sometimes. Like I want to say that's Matt Ryan's fault. Matt Ryan is obviously is not abstained from blame. He's missed a couple of throws. He's missed a couple of wide open things. But I want to say that's like his fault because even if he does look for him. If the ball is not going to be there, there's no point of wasting time with a makeshift offensive line trying to force the ball to somebody, unless yeah. it's Julio. But <laughs> and, and I think that might be the case. So just real quick to close out the Cal Ridley thing. So so Marcus with the target thing, he he's never the entire season last year he had more than ten ten targets in a game one time, and that was on a loss to New Orleans. Like through the season last year. Targets five, five, seven, four, five, thirteen, four, five, nine, six, three, five, six, eight, four, and two. In the the infamous game where he had three touchdown receptions, uh, seven for eight, one forty six receiving, we lost that game in overtime. So, the one game he actually balled out, he we lost. Yeah, he's I mean, not. I mean, he's he's not really. I don't even know if it's if you could like. He's. More of how do I say he's more of like the big play compliment, if that makes yeah. sense. Like I would oftentimes expect Muhammad Sanu to get more catches than him, just because Muhammad Sanu is gonna be the easy safety valve. He's yeah. gonna get you to five or six yards, so he'll probably get like you know, five or five to seven targets. And Ryan Ryan trusts him a lot. And considering the fact that Calvin really doesn't really make contested catches, like he's not yeah, really about to known say, he- for that. He's he he's not gonna catch many balls like if somebody's draped over him. But you kind of have to scheme him open, but he can beat any kind of like man coverage like pretty often. <clears throat> yes, but there's no reason on this earth that Luke is in a game than Calvin. And I that has happened, that. I think, two times this year. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. that so, that's, that's insane. Yeah, like I think Luke had four one game, and Calvin either had none or zero, one or uh, no uh, targets. That's unacceptable. And we know because uh, fucking uh, Mike, the tight ends coach, is Dirk's boy. So you know he's trying to make his little tight end. What a load of malarkey! Yeah, and I don't have. We don't have time wow. for that. Wow, wow! <laughs> this is what this podcast has come down to. Fucking Mike malarkey. Every time, every time he, every time his name comes up, I have to say because it is just a load of fucking malarkey. That entire like offensive room needs to just get wiped into existence. Yeah, shout out to Matt Ryan for getting uh, him and Dirk Cotter jobs. I don't know how. That's Mike crazy. Mark, I don't know he how. Did he it again. I don't know how. Matt Ryan has gotten everybody jobs. Malarkey finessed the head coaching job in Jacksonville where they went two and 14, I believe, and then flipped that up to a job in Tennessee, like where they weren't good either. Like, I don't know how that works, but shout out to Matt. I hope he's uh, getting cut of those checks, but let's, let's go to Devonte Freeman. So uh, the Browns played the 49ers and uh, your boy, Tevin Coleman, who has been injured, I think since week one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he had a high ankle sprain. Yeah. And uh, he came out, and I saw the the timeline kind of blowing up, talking about like, oh, let me let me read these tweets because I, I, y'all know where I'm going with this. But uh, let's let's go to the Falcons' Twitter, Blue Reaper 1914. 
his name is Fire Dan Quinn, Fire Dirk Cotter, and uh, Thomas Dimitrov. He tweeted out, we wave Coleman to keep, never mind. Angry face, angry face, angry face. So that's factually inaccurate. We, we didn't wave him. We just didn't re-sign him. Um, yeah. Let's see what other Coleman anarchy was on here. Uh, your boy, Lieutenant Dan, he posted Tevin Coleman, but I was told he's not as good as Freeman, that he cannot run like Freeman or is as explosive as free with a laughing frog gif. Wait, didn't he say that Pepe. Freeman was the better back, though, like multiple times? Because Freeman is the better back. So That's... why did he tweet that? You know, the Tevin Coleman hive is still out there. You know, I, I didn't I'm know that. Saying. I didn't know that was still a thing, but I mean, God bless him. But Dan did say that, so I'm just a little confused as to why he tweeted that. That's all I'm asking. Again, my thing is like it's revisionist history. We can't pretend that Tevin didn't have the opportunity to be the number one guy in Atlanta when Free went down. Facts. I think he had one 100 yard rushing game, and I'm not going to say that's all on him. Nah, but- you want to hear the crazy part about that 100 yard rushing game? If he had like 50 of those on two runs. <laughs> Yeah, and, and that goes to another point. Uh, a lot of people were trying to use, uh, and this goes with E.O. Smith, with uh, the whole yards per carry. So, again, uh, shout out to Aaron Freeman. Yards per carry is a fake stat. You cannot use that to judge the the ability of a running back because, again, one long run can make you look great. Like, oh, he averaged 10 yards per carry, but he, he broke like a 90-yard run and then got shut down the rest of the game. Like that, you know, shit happens. But, yeah, people were uh, all up in arms because uh, Tevin Coleman was looking good, right? Great. So this is the point where they uh, pick on uh, Devontae Freeman and say that he's the reason the Falcons aren't good, the offense is bad, we should have kept Coleman, blase, blase, blase. But, again, they neglect every other player on the Falcons that hasn't looked good since the departure of Kyle Shanahan. So, again, everybody looked good when we had Shanahan, not, not just Freeman, right, or not just Tevin Coleman. And they were actually being utilized a little bit better. But also, let's talk about the Cleveland Browns. And, and I saw all this type. I saw this type, and I was like, okay, let me go check this out. So Tevin Coleman had 16 uh, rushes for 97 yards, 6.1 yards, yards to carry one touchdown, and a long of 19, right? The starter, Matt Breda, had 11, 11 carries, 114 yards, average 10.4 yards to carry, he had, had one touchdown. And he so, had an 83-yard run. Yeah, I better say so. He had 10 for like 31 yards. So he averaged 3.1 yards per carry after that. Yeah, so, so again, you <laughs> subtract like the, the longest run, correct? Something like that. But my point is you guys are getting hyped over one game, right? One game of Tevin Coleman where apparently I could have rushed for 100 yards against the Browns. They are terrible. <laughs> nah, like, man, see, I don't even bro. think – I don't think it's that because the Browns' defense is actually, like, really, really good. They're actually extremely they – were, they weren't – they were without their two, like, best cornerbacks, but their defensive line is – like, if we had the defensive line here in Atlanta, I don't think we'd be having a lot. We'd clear a lot of defensive problems. Their defensive line, like, linebackers are actually really freaking good. Well, th- that's fine, but that night they weren't, right? That night they weren't, it, but you can't really blame them. They were going against the best offensive coordinator in the league, man. <laughs> and, and again, that ties back to the point with isolating one player for all the blame. Tevin Coleman did not good look good under Steve Sarkeesian. 
whether it was he wasn't being used right, the scheme wasn't well, whatever it was, it's still the facts. You can't just have like all these hot takes off of one game that, oh, we should have kept Coleman because if he was here right now, he'd probably look just as bad as Freeman does because there's nowhere to go. Right. Offensive like, lines matter, guys. Schemes matter. Like, I, I don't understand, like, where this is coming from. This It just proves that people do not, like, watch football or pay attention to stuff. They just want to get their hot takes off on Twitter. You know, Falcons fans are very dramatic. But you know King Quest, do you see what he said in the chat? He yeah. said the whole O-line is out on the running plays, which appears to be true. There's nobody helping our run game get going on that field. Yeah. But blame free because that's the easiest thing to do. I think I think it's I think it's time to start. I think it's time to start being honest about this franchise and uh, who is heading this thing. I feel like, I kind of feel like we're just dancing around this topic, and I feel like Falcons fans do the same thing. Where it's just like, all right, well, let's blame Kyle Shanahan not being here. Let's blame Steve Sarkeesian. Let's blame. Devonte uh, Devonte Freeman. Let's blame the defense. Let's blame the coach. Let's fire the coordinators. At some point, people need to start looking at Arthur Arthur Blank. This dude's oh, asleep nah. at the wheel. Okay, he's a, he's okay, yeah, get, get him, get, get him, get him, get him, okay, get him out of here. Hang on, hang on, hang on a second. Hang let's, on. Let's, let's let's night, night. Who? Night, night. Who, who is in charge of doing all these hirings and firings and all all the things that y'all are? blaming the players and coaches for who is in charge of all that you it really think with, blank is is in charge of it i'm not See, saying no, no, i can't even on, i can't even I, no no no, no i, not, I understand not, what you're saying arthur blank that's in charge the person that he left in charge to do that thomas no Dimitrov, i understand i like i okay. no at some point, you got to get rid of that GM. And the only reason that he's not getting rid of that GM is because that GM's first pick was Matt Ryan. So if you get rid of that GM, you got to get rid of Matt Ryan, too. So at some point. Well, okay, got, now, now. You no, got, okay, now, that's not true. Now, yeah. That's usually, that's that's usually, usually, no, Marcus. 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 Okay, I'm about to you know, mute your Hang on a second. Answer the question, though. Are GMs and quarterbacks usually linked together? If you're in your first year as a GM and your first pick as a quarterback, are your are your tenures with that team usually not tied together. That's normally how it goes in the NFL. In the NFL, there's always times where, like, a quarterback's been there for three years and then a new GM comes okay, up. I, I see, I see and then if that, quarter, yeah, if that see, quarterback plays going. poorly, let's, he can say, Jaylen, hey, okay, I didn't Jaylen, that answer. guy. Okay, I got this. I, we see where you're going. Jalen, what, what is your response? I, I understand what he was saying. Uh, well, one, about, uh, like, the Arthur Blank thing, but you can't really blame Arthur for that because the first, what, Three seasons of every head coach he's hired, beside uh, pa- Patrino, haven't they like had a winning record the first like four or so seasons? They've actually been really good. So obviously the hires weren't bad. It's just what they did after that, which would then go down to Dimitrov. But then with this, this part, I don't know about what happened with Mike Smith and them, but Dimitrov is more of a talent acquisition than he is a scout. If that makes sense. You tell him what you want, and he tries to get it. He doesn't even have control of this roster, low key. Like he literally, they have already said that that Dan Quinn is the uh, sole person, sole person behind the roster. He's the one that drafts the players. He's the one that, like, 
picks, like picks people off the street and what they need and everything. So that's the only thing I'm advocating for for Dimitrov. I think it, his time here has run his course, but I don't think that has anything to do with Matt Ryan because Matt Ryan, you don't <laughs> your future Hall of Fame quarterback <laughs> just because you're finally okay, GM, that that is blasphemous. All right, give what, what's your take? See, Breeze, that's what you get for not muting his mic when we told you to mute his mic. He, he had some points for a second. Isn't that last, <laughs> the last and he takes a mile. He I'm goes just, the I'm mile. I'm just here to keep y'all accountable. That's all. <laughs> okay, I'm okay. Give, give me, give me your takes, Skip. Give, give me your take. Okay, so I think TD should have been gone with Mike Smith. <laughs> I agree. I 100 agree. Like I thought, like when Mike Smith left, I was like, all right, bet TD's gone too. Psych. <laughs> He's still here. <laughs> Like, I was like, what the fuck? I mean, like, even, even, no even with that, even even with that, uh, didn't Dan Quinn say he wanted to keep Thomas Dimitrov? Dan Quinn, he, we listen, we're not listening to Dan Quinn anymore, okay? Till he can get his defensive right. play calling together. Finish, we're not going to listen to him. Finish your take. All right. Yeah, he should have, TD should have been gone then. And no, Matt Ryan should not go with TD, you know, even though Arthur clearly seemed to be trying to get uh, Watson, our former ball boy, as the backup quarterback before the Houston's game. Did y'all see that? He was like, yeah, come back to the team so we could appease uh, the black people in Atlanta that miss Mike Vick. Wait, who's, I saw that. who said that? You didn't see Arthur Blank talking she, she, to Watson? No, she, he, was, he was talking to Watson because they have his – they know each other, blah blah blah. There was no mention of There was no reason for that. They okay. have history. Wow. They know each other. Yeah. They're happy for his success. That's it. It's not gonna happen. Okay, so my take to that is, I, I do agree that Blank is again. He's the the owner of the team. He kind of ultimately makes all the the big decisions, right? And again, I, I don't think so. Not anymore. Let me let me let me get my take off. Let me get my take off. So I, I do understand the whole thing with when you get a new GM, they want to bring in a whole new staff, a whole new mantra, uh, probably bring in different, you know, maybe different schemes or whatever. The only thing that I would disagree with you is, as far as bringing in a new quarterback with a new GM, is that if the quarterback was not serviceable, was not good, serviceable was being, you know is lightly putting it, but if you're going into a situation where you have a new GM and like your quarterback is like, let's say Andy Dawson or something like that, then, okay, yeah, okay. it's time that we can reset and be fine. But the difference is, is like if Andy Dalton was a free agent, and Matt Ryan was a free agent. One of those two guys is going to get a job as a starter. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's not to the point where Matt Ryan is like, Hey, he is, he is not got it no more. Like he is falling off the cliff. He can't complete passing or, it, it it's not that type of situation, I'm, and th and this isn't an indictment on Matt Ryan. This is more of like if you look at this roster, right? Mm -hmm. How many draft? How many drafts do you think it would take for this roster to become a win now roster? And, ooh, that was a question I was going to ask uh, uh, Aaron Freeman if I do his fan talk. Uh, honestly, and again, it depends because there's some people like himself that don't think it is necessarily a draft thing; it's a free agent problem. With some I would say one and a free agency. You think you you think they can turn this Falcons roster around in one draft? We've already in turned one the draft in a free right? agency. We're like, 
Right. You literally, you don't, this roster doesn't need much. They, they literally need, they need, they need a high, they, if they tank out this year, they can pretty much get everything they need immediately. They need an impact pass rusher. You can get that with a high pick, which they have been lacking the last four seasons. Impact pass rusher, please. Him or (laughs) some other people. We'll, We'll talk about that later on, but Chase Young, you need an impact pass rusher. Check. Let's say you got that. Do you have an uh, excellent number two, Tack McKinley, right there? You have a stud defensive tackle right there. You pet you pair him with somebody else. Doesn't matter who. Give him somebody who can pass rush or somebody who can run. Stop if you don't get, if you don't get Chase, uh, Chase Young, I like uh, Derek Brown from uh, Auburn. He looked like an animal inside. So he's he's decent. He he's not, he looks straight. He, he looks straight. He's all right. Yeah, he's all right. And you, and you, and you I would pick him in like the him. third round. And we're, it, we're gonna trust him. If you get the second decisions. overall, if you get the second, if you get well, first of all, it depends on who's here because, like I said, Dimitrov doesn't really, you know, make those decisions as the coach, and we've known that for the last six seasons. Mm-hmm. But again, okay. you don't really need much on this let's, roster. Let's, let's you need finish, you need an impact pass rusher because that's what they've been lacking this entire forever. They have not had a really good pass rusher since John Abraham. That was in 2010. You need. Depth along the defensive line. You have decent depth right now, but you need good depth. And then after that, you can pretty much just roll with what you have. Another year, second corner of but you probably need a new safety because I don't know how well Keanu is going to come back from his second injury. I hope he comes back really well because I, I really like him. But after that, no other part of your defense really needs to be like massively upgraded for you to win. And then at that point, it just gets to coaching. Yes, because you really just like all rush. Because <laughs> we all agree, if you have the talent, it's just not being manifested. If, right. if y'all trust, if y'all trust the people that have been making the decisions the last four years to find those players, then go ahead. But I mean, they found the players a lot of the time. The only playing. struggle with has been the second has been like manifesting pass rush. They've invested in it. They've found decently good pass rushers. They just haven't found the pass rusher. Yeah, Everybody they have maybe Tack if Tack comes alive is probably best as like a secondary rusher or a second side probably the third best defensive tackle in the league. Everybody else on that team is probably best as a complimentary piece, which is fine. They've used one top they've literally had one top ten pick the last six seasons. One. And it was on Vic Beasley who had that one year. And he's probably best as a secondary rusher slash a linebacker. We can go talk about Vic being a linebacker whenever, but that's probably his best role. If you find a good pass rusher, and then even that is hard because you're going into the draft where you don't know what's going to happen, which is going along to what Aaron said, which is probably a free agency thing. But you can't really do free agency if you have all these good players you have to pay. And you, why do you have good players that you have to pay? Because you're drafting well. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping it's one of those situations. And again, this is a, a bit of a reach because we didn't have a Hall of Fame level defenders on our team like this team had. But I'm hoping this is a situation, if things go the way that it's looking, that it's a, uh, one of those things where we uh, kind of like how Tampa Bay was, where they uh, got rid of Tony Dungy and then 
uh, the old Chuckster came in and won with that team or whatever. I'm hoping it's a situation like that. Because, again, the cupboard is – it's not bare. It's It needs a couple more plates and cups and stuff like that. But it's, there's somebody right now that's salivating looking at this team, this roster, saying, like, damn, I could do some things with this. I just need a chance. And that's who I want. I don't want to retread. I don't want Mike Tomlin. I don't want none of these guys. I want somebody that's hungry and young and fresh Please and innovative. Don't, don't give me Mike Tomlin. That's, that's what the buzz is right now. It's like, oh, who says no to Mike Tomlin? Me. That, that's, yeah. the, that's the same thing we already did. We don't want retrace. Just give us give us some new guys that, that want a chance to, to make an impact. Because at the end of the day, at least you're getting fresh ideas. Like, if you get Mike Tomlin, like, we, we've seen his resume. We see what he can do, what he can't do. Might as well roll the dice for something. Yeah. yeah I mean, to me, Mike, Tom, Mike Tomlin would be the most accomplished coach ever to coach in Atlanta, though, right? Like who in who in Atlanta's history has had a better coaching? Career I mean, that's fine. But what what does that what does that do for the future of that team? I mean, yeah. what is he doing? What has he done the last I mean, four Mike, seasons? Mike, Mike Tomlin's not an old man. Like he's still a young guy. Like this is he's on his first head coaching job, so it's not like he's that's he's fine. Not one of the, he's not like Tom Coughlin or something like that. Like he's not he's not Dirk Carter who's not going to evolve with the with the game. Like he's he's a solid young coach still. He's a young he hasn't man. evolved yet. He has evolved. Like, what do you mean? He I just evolved? don't don't think that. I mean, be he's on his like a he's on his good. third. He's on his third string quarterback and lost an All Pro wide receiver and running back. Like, uh, he, I mean, he, he's kind of in the same situation as well. Not even he's in a worse situation than Atlanta is. Like, he's lost his best players. <laughs> we 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 just aren't looking for him. We're not here for him. To y'all be just, in Atlanta, y'all just don't want black people in any leadership. No, no, no. There's a, no the y'all can't have a black. Y'all can't have a black quarterback that's or cap. a black coach. Jeez. No, that that is that's what the, the kids call cap. That's cap. Uh, we are looking. A lot of people are yeah, interested in the OC for Kansas City, who is African American. So let's let's Look, relax. Let's relax. But um, out, to, out to Josh, aka <laughs> aka Uncle Ruckus. But yeah, you already know. Uh, Uncle but Ruckus. To me, to me and many. Uh, logical fans, we've been a win now team since the Super Bowl. We just don't have competent people out here calling the plays for us to get there. And then last year, of course, we were injured. You know, all those fucking injuries didn't help at all. But we've been a win now team. Like, and that's why most of us fans, and as a half PSL owner, like, we're so frustrated because we have all the players that we need like pretty much we have like 90 95 percent of the players that we need to win a super bowl and it's just not happening so it's hella frustrating and the players are booing and they're walking out of the game and they're not giving their money to the team anymore and trying to sell their tickets because we know what these players can do like we've seen it we've literally seen them be at their best and then now they're literally at their worst all over the board from the water boy to the president, you know, it's, it's horrible and it's really frustrating. So yeah, we've been a win now team where win now team now is just that we don't have competent, competent enough coordinators to get things done for us. Like other players on other teams are literally laughing at us on Twitter saying, that our defense is vanilla and how they can see the play with their eyes closed. They can be Ray Charles and know what the defense is about to do. So it's, 
It's ridiculous. Are we gonna get into the defense now? Arthur, Arthur well, Blank is like he, he's letting a four year old drive a Ferrari. That's what he's doing with this team. Okay. Well, shout to King Quest Seven Ten. He said that we need an offensive head coach and a good DC. And my counter to that is what the homie on Twitter. Uh, Eric Robinson said, he said, to be perfectly honest, or to be quite honest, it doesn't matter if you have an offensive-minded head coach or a defensive-minded one. In today's league, you just need a well-rounded staff. That's how you win ball games and championships. And I, I do agree with that. See, I, 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 I kind of agree, but Uh-oh. I kind of no, I know where you're going. I know where you're going. I know you're going with because... being innovative. No, not really. Not really that. It's more along the lines of if you're, if you have like a really good strength, like let's say your strength is your your offense, like the Falcons was when they went to the Super Bowl. You don't really need. You don't really. You don't need. You didn't need good or, or you don't even really need good coordinators. You just need like people that you need your strength to be your strength and not sell out your team. (laughs) <laughs> and the way that it's going now, you kind of need more strength in defense because, as we see in Minnesota, your strength can be your team, but when it's the time to put up points, your defense can't be on the field the entire game. They'll eventually figure it out. That's true. Oh, we, can all, we, we can all agree. We can all we can all agree. It's time to clean house at the end of the season, though, right? Like from the GM down, it's time to clean it out. Um, no. As soon as I heard, uh, as soon as I heard, um, <laughs> as soon as I heard that Dan Quinn said that they wanted to be a run first team, I was ready to clear house. So, <laughs> I mean, like, like at some, at, well, at some point it's just like, okay, how many more people are you going to blame for, for your team's failures? Cause it's like, he fired his defensive coordinator and then he's like, okay, I'm going to start calling the defense. I'm a defensive coach. This is what I'm going to do. And it's not that the defense and the defense didn't improve. The defense got worse. And it's like, it's very bad. So at this point, it's like, all right, who do you blame now? We're like, who else is there to look to? You got to look in the mirror at some point. And then, uh, and, and for me, if I, you either got to fire the GM and the head coach at the bare minimum, you got to get that GM out of there at the bare minimum. Yeah, TD needs to go. I think. I'm still not 100% sold on Dan Quinn, the head coach, getting out. Dan Quinn, the DC, yes, get the fuck out. But the head coach, I'm still not 100% sold on getting him out. If Dirk can't turn around the offense, yes, he also needs to go uh, for sure. So, well, what is what is turning around? Because uh, shout out to the fit game, homie. Uh, I'm good at math, uh, Cedric. He was like, he posed the question, what if the Falcons catch fire? And I'm like, the Falcons have already caught fire. It's the, the flaming dumpster <laughs> fire. That's that's the fire that we caught. Like, this this shit is crazy. It's out of control. But to your point, to his They don't need to win. Question, see, it, they're going to. I'm sorry. Yeah, they, they're going to piss us off. They're going to win. Let me tell you what games we're probably going to win. We're probably going to win the Seahawks game. We are probably oh, gonna win the Rams game. Please. Uh, no, I'm saying because you know, no, 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 no. Hold on, y'all know how we like to win against really good teams that we're not supposed to win against. That's like our thing. 
and y'all know this. So y'all, y'all know, already know that we will surprisingly win against good, good teams. Like we beat the Eagles, and we're probably gonna have Seahawks and Rams. We they, might they win. Good team, shoot, I don't know. They look kind of crazy, but um, the Saints game, a Saints game, we might major holes. I could definitely see them winning like two of the next three games and then winning like four of the last six games and pissing me the fuck off. Like okay. that's yeah. very, very, very on the table. I don't hope it happens. I don't think it's even likely to happen, but I can absolutely see it happen because that's the way the stupid ass team works. Yeah, that's how we work. That's how we operate. Like I know people are probably listening to this pissed off, but y'all know it's true. That is how we do. We found them. <laughs> Well, the, so to back to his his question, I don't even know if there's a type of fire that they could catch that could save these people's jobs. Like it would have to be again, the Falcons are known for doing unprecedented things. So again, anything is possible, but it would have to turn around. Like it had to be like the Falcons scoring like forty points a game type turnaround. Like some some shit we've never ever seen in NFL history. And, and what do you think the odds of that are happening? I, I think it's slim to none. So again, here's on the crazy. I, I, I can see that happening, and then them giving Dirk Carter the head coaching job for the next like two seasons. Oh my god! I, I can die. like. I he, told you what happened at that. If, if he even touches the interim head coaching spot, the head coaching spot, I'm oh. out. I'm out. Oh my god! And again, I don't. I, I don't think that's possible. So again, I don't think there's nothing, any fire that can be caught that's going to save their jobs. I think that again, like Jalen said. Kind of the best worst possible outcome is is that they will look scrappy and win games and you know be entertaining or whatever the fans want, which is again, uh, again, I, and I'm I'm talking to this dude on Twitter right now, and he's kind of like you know hey you know you'd rather the team give up or blah 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 blah. I'm like dog, we're yeah. I'm like, are you not watching? These? <laughs> I'm, I'm yes. Like, are you not watching these games? I'm like, are you not watching? <laughs> I absolutely would want them to just bench Matt Ryan the rest of the season, put everybody in bubble wrap, and give it up. Absolutely. So, so let me let me go through this this tweet real quick. Just real, and it kind of ties to the point uh, with Dan Quinn and cleaning house. So, uh, shout out to Adagio Jennings, AJ underscore Football King. Huh? He said, uh, "Thought this was supposed to be about the brotherhood, but you're letting your pride." Talking about Dan Quinn come before that. We have the worst defense in the league, and you that prideful that you're not going to relinquish your play calling. So somebody else can do it because there's a story that came out that said Dan Quinn wasn't going to give up his uh, give him calling the defense, and I said he cleaned house. There people could do it, obviously, but well, he said. I, so I'm like, okay, so he cleaned house. So who exactly is supposed to call the defense? And uh, the homie Tribbles jumped in there as well, and she said Twitter could hire somebody or whatever, whatever. That's not what I want to read. <laughs> Shit, where are my fucking comments? And I was going kind of back and forth with this guy. God dang it, Twitter. Twitter is wild, one. but somebody well, talk about finding these sweets. Hold on. Yeah, let me. King Quest Seven Ten. Shout out to you. He's in the live uh, comments. He wants to know what will happen if we lose to the Cardinals on Sunday. I don't think anybody on this, uh, like main position wise, lasts throughout the bye week. Okay. All right. I found the sweets. So he said, uh, he, uh, he was saying to my point of if he cleaned house, I'm like, who's going to call the defense? He's like, like the uh, Jameis point, he said that they have a full defensive staff. His play calling is not working. The season's not completely washed yet. Yeah, I disagree. 
So if his play calling is not working, you should try something different. I'm like, again, if I bet on myself and it failed, I'm going out in flames. And then I said, let's say hypothetically he gives up the play calling and things get better. Do you honestly think at this point it's going to save his job? And he responded. So he didn't answer the question. He just responded. So you'd rather let the season go go out in flames while leading, leading by example and showing that the brotherhood is for everyone. Show the team that even me, the leader, we put will also put the team first over itself, could help him save his job. I 100% disagree. Like it, I would have to say that, you know, it's like a boxing match where you're getting, you're getting punched out, you can beat around the ring. Like sometimes you got to call it. And it's looking like they need to throw in the towel. I'm not advocating for the tank or anything like that, but I feel like the season is, is kind of a lost season at this point. And he was like, you know, da 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 da. I was like, yo, have you watched the game? It's like the season's been been gone to flames or whatever. And he's like, our record is one and four, not over, haven't played any division games yet. If we rock bottom, like you said, only way to go is up. Why not see if something else will work instead of beating a dead horse? Because none of these people are gonna be here next year, dog. Like it don't matter. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like again, let's say turn around and start putting up 40 points a game and holding teams like 10 points a game. Get these, get all these cats out of here. Get them out of here. Get them out of here. What's Dan Quinn's contract status? Uh, I think he was extended for three years. Yeah, yeah. see, you know what? Y'all going to be stuck, too, because Arthur Blank ain't paying two, two coaches. So y'all are, y'all are stuck. All, all Uncle Blank got to do is put a hit out on threaten his life. Okay, the views of uh, Jeff Queen do not reflect the blues of SB Report 706. It does. His uh, agency. But uh, yeah, we yeah to, um, we'll be fine. All right. If we lose to the yeah, Cardinals, uh, yes. Dan Quinn is going to continue to waste Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. That's been happening. So, I mean, like, they've been getting wasted for I don't know how long now. So, yeah, if you saw King's question, yeah. if we lose to the Cardinals, um, we're just going to laugh. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's all we can do now is laugh about the situation. So, yeah, the hot takes. No. Be, the hot takes will be the hottest. Like Kyler Murray's probably gonna look like a Hall of Famer against us. Like I, I've already accepted it, man. Like I was it, gonna it just, say because I, 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 I see Falcons Twitter. I don't see a lot of laughing going on. I don't see. I don't foresee any laughing coming either. If y'all lose this game, I mean, I've been laughing. Have you not seen my tweets? And then my tweets on the. Uh, DBR Twitter. I mean, I think no. they're funny. A so, lot of people don't think they're funny, but I think they've been hilarious. So, so circling back to the Joker movie, which if you haven't seen it, it's not a spoiler, but the man, he he laughs. He laughs a lot. But <laughs> he has like a condition that like he laughs. It's like, you know, some people get nervous and they laugh. He's like, got like rats or something. Yeah, he'll be laughing, but it doesn't reflect how you really feel. So like, we'll be laughing, but we're, we're really dying inside. Like, we're the fan, the fans are dying. Like we're laughing, but it's like that that meme of the dude with the the mask, and he's smiling like thumbs up, <laughs> like despair in his face. He's like, "Fuck, take me now, <laughs> take me now, Thanos, please snap Jesus. me away." Like, <laughs> I'm <laughs> in danger. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's that's kind of what what's going on. So again, no retreads. Kind of again, and, and I think I forgot who said it, but it probably somebody list too. But just at this point, you got to take the risk of trying something new. Um, again, 
the whole Lincoln Riley hype trading is out there. <sighs> Whatever, man. Just just let's let's make it work. I don't care who we get, but um yeah, in closing, uh the, the last thing I'd like to say is just please, Falcons fanatics, just relax. Everybody's <laughs> not yeah, well again, that's not relax. Okay. <laughs> buy something, buy a substance to relax you. And just, just chill. Know that change is gonna come. Things will be better at some point. But we don't all need to get out these wild hot takes. Like, stop the group think. Uh, stay away from like the media narratives because that's kind of what gets you into these positions in the first place. Like, again, I, I tweet this out multiple times. I watch the games on mute because the commentators kind of influence you or, or paint a story or feed your head with nonsense. Like, watch the game. Watch the trenches, watch the players, and, and observe it with your own eyes. Again, stats are cool. Again, uh, hashtag uh, running uh, what yards per carry is a fake stat, so don't get caught up in that. That doesn't necessarily mean somebody is great. Um, I'm still trying to learn the success rate thing. I don't think uh, success know, rate is, I'm, if I like remember it correctly, is. I forgot what was a good one. Well, obviously, fifty percent is, is is good, or anything above fifty is is good because that's more than half your runs. But I'm pretty sure, like the way you measure that stat is, if you get positive yardage, even I think you get a bigger boost if you get hit at the line, you get positive yardage, or yeah, I think that's I think that's how you measure it. Yeah, right now Devontae Freeman's success rate is second to last at thirty eight. So, oh, that's just I, wonderful. I wonder why, but it'd be crazy if great, so. <laughs> this is great because apparently every time he get he comes into the game, the, the freaking the defense is automatically doesn't know what's going to happen, which doesn't make any sense. Cough, cough. Mm. We didn't even discuss the defense, but speaking of the defense, Falcons, um, Kelsey on. Twitter, is that a shit? Yeah, Falcons mm-hmm. Kelsey. She said true and um, Bleedy Ray Wilson did not practice today. And if they are out, we'll have Andrew Sheffield and Jordan Miller as our I mean, starters. I don't really worry about the Cardinals wide receivers, to be honest. They don't really have. Much there. All right, man. Look at Fitzgerald finna cook. He finna have like three touchdowns. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) But if you, but if you know, you let a thirty, like thirty-four year old wide receiver cook you, then everybody who gets cooked by him either deserves to be gone, or you know, you push my agenda. I don't. I don't lose either way. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And Julio has a hip injury, so but he's always injured. Yeah. I think they'll play though. I think True will play. I don't. Bleedery Wilson doesn't get. Bleedery Wilson was actually should have been the one who took over for when Oliver got benched last week. We should have talked about that. We have not talked about that. That was funny. <laughs> Yo, wow. Yo, Falcons Twitter is out of control. So uh, everybody's favorite uh, Falcons beat writer, D. Orlando, led better. I'm pro- I'm actually one of the few Falcons uh, supporters that aren't blocked by him. He said Falcons wide receiver Julio Jones said the team went to see the Joker. And then uh, Kelsey at Kelsey Tay Sutton said, so they went and saw Dad Quinn. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> see, you can't even 
you can't compare anything like knowing that, that like the Joker, like how he is in the origin. If you say anything like bad about yeah. the Joker and like a coach, then you're kind of saying good things about them. Well, I mean, the whole is you know the, the clown. I understand. What you, I understand what you mean because they call him a clown. But, yeah, but, you know the the, 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 the oh, man. Uh, wait for uh, King Quest to let me know his Twitter ad, but I know Marcus saw this. He, he posted that video with the uh, Denzel Washington and Glory. He talked about oh yeah, how he was be a Falcons fan. That shit was he was out of pocket. I was like, bro, it ain't that bro. bad, is it? Hey, yes, it is, it, is, it is that bad. It is definitely that bad. Just taking like, beatings every week, every week you get punished. Y'all have, y'all have, a, y'all have the choice. You have the choice, man. Y'all can leave. Y'all don't have to keep doing this. Oh, trust me. Storage. My, my uh, thoughts some... are in, writ- in writing. <laughs> Best believe. Hey, it, it is. Yeah, it I is. was gonna say the Falcons are. They're not some. His, they're not some team with a storied history. Like they're just. I, yes, they are. Line, a, 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 a storied history. Yeah, they are yes. a storied history. On the, on the you have side? a storied history. You have a storied history of yeah. being choke artists. And Choke coming artists, up short, okay. Okay, of, well, that's exactly. not something that you want. You but you did, but it is a storied history. <laughs> yeah, no one is making is forcing y'all to, to be enslaved. <laughs> like, get like this is clearly affecting y'all's mental health. Like, and, and it's, me. the thing that's the thing. Yeah, is, I'm chill. chill. <laughs> the thing, yeah, okay, well. okay, y'all, okay, y'all ain't gonna act like y'all don't see what's going on on the timeline, man. Like, your Falcons fans are out of control. When, like every I week, mean. every day, it's just like it's the thing that's is is odd. Is just like it's people. People will sports commentators and media members will get on you know TV or on Twitter and they'll say something about the Falcons, and it's just like. All of them, like the entire Falcons nation, just comes over and just starts berating these people. And I'm just like, do you care about this person's opinion? Do you respect this person's opinion that much that you feel the need to like motherfuck them to hell? Like, why can't you just ignore them? Like, who y- y'all validate everyone's opinion about the team, and it's just gonna drive you crazy. And this is where you have to stay away from the media narrative. And you know what? You guys got a couple more minutes. Yes. Uh, I'm don't got nothing to do. All right. Sure. Real quick, shout out to the homie uh, who posted that it is uh, the shout the Shogun of Atlanta at Quest seventy one o eighty four. Go follow him. He, he rocks with the uh, Dirty Burn Nation Report and the Committee Podcast. So definitely throw him a follow. Um. So don't I kind of what to do. <laughs> so so uh, and I kind of missed this, but I I heard y'all talk about it last week, like. And this goes to Marx's point with the fans, like they are out of control. Like, what what was the whole thing with fans DMing players? Yeah, I, I didn't. Like, was there any specific like threat that was put out, or like I never heard the details of that. I just know that uh, my favorite uh, fourth string wide receiver Justin Hardy was uh, giving people smoke, I guess, or want to throw people yeah. hands. Like, so, yeah, because people were DM him talking shit about his like mom and shit, bro. Okay. Yeah, they were threatening families and stuff like that to multiple players not just hardy even hardy's mom has apparently has a twitter and has been getting into fights with multiple people that talk about her son i've um, talked to his mom like two times before bro and she's the sweetest lady ever by <laughs> yeah but she's handing out smoke to anyone who talks bad about her son so yeah they they 
they're out of control. Like, I mean, I added Alfred years ago, but I didn't threaten him till after he blocked me. But, you know, that's a different story. Um, but, yeah, I, they're threatening people and players so bad to the point that KZ um, – what did KZ do? Oh, the Falcons page was, like, Instagram, I think, was like, oh, we're giving away five pictures, and KZ was one of them. And KZ was like, no, take my picture down. You're not going to give it away. Like, that's how pissed off the fans have made the players. Yeah, that's just so uncalled for. At yeah. what point would you want that to happen to you? You mess something up at work, something, and everybody's coming, like, sending death threats to your family. Like, come on, bro. That's like, ah, oh, that just annoys the, the fuck out of me. Like, there's no point in that. There's, those are professionals, those are people who are playing a, a literal game that have no meaning to you or anybody else on any part of the world. Half the world doesn't even know this sport exists. And you're over here sending death threats, hoping people die because you were stupid enough to be a fan of them? <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> yeah, what's for that's, that's just for any sport. Like being being fanatics is is the, the stupidest the greatest stupid thing the world has ever done. Like you at, literally at at some point put the, your the natives the natives of Atlanta need to, to move on. Cause it's just like it's just it's just it's a never ending cycle with them. It's like, all right, I'm super excited for the Falcon season. And then pfft, you shit on yourself. Oh, well, the Georgia Bulldogs are going to pull up pfft, nothing. Oh, the Atlanta Hawks, pfft, nothing. The Braves, pfft, nothing. Okay, nobody said Stop. that about the Hawks until. Okay, you, you're not, relax you're, on my okay, Hawks. You're okay. Not, okay, I was about to say, people are talking about Trey Young like he's about to be an all star and like, the Hawks yeah. are going to the play. You're, I'm seeing these, like, I'm not making this stuff up. There are people on on the timeline like, oh, no, well, no, no. Got I'm the talking Hawks. About- I mean, before Trey came. Oh, trust me. Trust I'm me. talking about recently. No, even before Trey, even like even while Trey came, I, I trust me. I've gotten blocked by a bunch of people on Hawks Twitter. I've gotten blocked by a bunch of people on Falcons Twitter because I'm trying to, you know, keep everybody level headed. Because again, we have no control over this. We're literally watching the game. We're not playing in it. We're not paying. For, well, some people are paying for like them to do better but we're not paying we're not paying the salaries for the most part we're literally just there to support and we're getting extremely mad about it that sounds like abusive parenting it's a toxic relationship that we have with this yeah like i saw i saw someone i saw someone that had their baby in like in a falcons onesie i'm like why are you putting that on that baby like let that baby make his own choice don't force Damn, the Falcons no, on no. that kid. Whoa, 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 like whoa, at the whoa. end of the day, at some point, at 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 some point, at some point, historically speaking, the Falcons might be the worst sports city like ever. Like it's pretty bad. Um, we're not so We're talking history. No. We're talking I wouldn't history. say that. Like we're talking like all the yeah. different stuff. It's pretty bad. Nah. No. Outside of, outside of that, like nineties. I wouldn't. Race, I wouldn't say that either. Ray, you were wrong. I put it in the top five. I wouldn't say You're that either. Let's, 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 move let's, let's, let's move on. Uh, I mean, I'll give you top ten. I'm not saying. I'm putting it in the top five. It's like Atlanta, Cleveland, Minnesota. Okay. So, okay, Atlanta. 
Minnesota has been awful in everything. Atlanta is like big spots where they before they continue to release shit on themselves. Minnesota anyway, got four Super Bowls in a row. Yeah, but let's let's not let's not judge that based off Falcons Twitter. Like Twitter is a very small part of the, the equation. It's not that doesn't represent the, I, I feel like Twitter probably represents the worst of the fan base, to be honest. The vocal like, minority. Yeah. So again, if you, if you rock with this, like just don't retweet stupid yeah. stuff, please. Just just mute them, block them. Like, because when you retweeted, other stupid fans feed off it, and they're like, "Oh, this is right. Oh, this narrative is right." Blah 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 blah. I don't watch football. Blah 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 blah. Trade Matt Ryan. Blah 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 blah. My pick is better. Blah blah. Like, just don't don't okay, but what, just get that shit out what, of here. Okay, because you said something earlier. What what is the narrative about the Falcons about the Falcons team that's out there that is false? Like, what narrative is? Oh that no, it's, it's not that it's false. false. It, it's yeah, no, it's not. I'm just saying it changes though, because again, before the season started, the Stephen A. Smiths of the world and whoever watches all those garbage programs at ESPN are bringing the boost in the Falcons up to be this great contender and they're going to win the NFC South. And the fans eat that shit up. And then when they start being trashed and they turn on them, they're like, oh, well, now this narrative, if you would keep it even and evaluate the roster honestly and, and look at what you see as opposed to what people tell you to think and hear. Then you won't be so up and down and so wild and so rabid when things don't go the way they should. And then just start attacking yeah. players and wilding out. Just keep it even. Like, just keep I it even. I think it's key that you said yeah. what narrative when it's definitely like multiple narratives yeah. <laughs> out there. And that ties to the Vic Beasley thing. Again, Vic Beasley didn't appear on the stat sheet. So now Vic Beasley is back to being garbage. He's played good the entire season outside of that one game, but. All they can get past is like, oh, Dan Quinn tied himself to Vic Beasley. That's going to get him fired. Like, he's had one bad game. Go through the rest of the roster and look at all the other players that have had bad games. Like, just keep the same energy. He's that's, that's probably the third best edge on the team. I would obviously, I might even give him the second best edge on the team all season besides that one game. Yeah. And, and that's like, the narrative not that's, that's awful the entire season. But again, to to the Twitter people that just don't like him and want to push that narrative because somebody on Twitter, ESPN said it like that's just what it is. Like watch football, just watch the game. Don't don't listen to people. Put your put your blockers on. Just listen listen to us. We'll try to keep you on track, man. But again, that's that's really all I got. Appreciate y'all rocking with us. Definitely. Uh, since the stream apparently works, uh, invite your homeboys, invite your homegirls to the stream. We'll probably try to project when we'll do a stream so you guys can jump in and we can answer stuff in real time. So we appreciate y'all checking us out. Uh, Jalen, close words. You did my, my usual shout-out of Aaron. Shout-out Alan this week. Everybody should go follow Alan underscore S-T-R-K for the usual great content and that's pretty much it. I don't shout anything else out. Don't tell me what to do. Uh, Jif, Jif, do you have any uh, shout outs? What? It's it's GIF. It's I don't GIF. care. I don't care what that dead man says. <laughs> every every time you say Jif, I just think of some like, some old guy with a very long beard. I don't know why. Because <laughs> he probably is. It's GIF. <laughs> First of all. Shout out to Josh. You got his lip busted while playing fantasy football. He's healing. That's so an intensive fantasy football league that you're throwing hands, but listen, okay. it's like he actually does flag football yeah, or they, something. Yeah, they, they have, you, said, you said fantasy. That's why I was. Joking. I did. Yes, you did. It's late. Yeah. Look. 
they had Calvin really on their team, so they had to let that frustration some way. So, we need to start that. Y'all are crazy. But look, Twitter people or Reddit, wherever you're listening from and whoever you keep fighting with on these fucking apps, listen, just block and mute people like I do. I call it a Falcons fans purge. Purge them. Make your life easier. Mute them if you have to. My timeline has been way more peaceful since I do that almost on a weekly basis. Y'all are fighting each other every week for what? For what y'all don't have the answers. Like y'all think y'all have the answers, but y'all don't. So cut it out. Shout out to him. Shout out to the committee podcast. Of course, y'all need to listen to them every Monday. Those episodes be dropping. Shout out to Breeze for finally bringing his ass back on this podcast. It's been like, I don't know, 10 years, like since you've abandoned me and left me alone with these people. You know, Jalen and Josh be attacking me all the time and leaving me alone with Tony. Do you know what it's like to record with Tony and Josh alone? You deserve it. First of all, if if anybody would have ever asked me to join, I would be fine to come on. I have no problem Mm. with that. Don't don't Mm. put me into that, Willis. The tea is hot. It's horrible. Marcus. Thanks Marcus, do you have any closing words? I get. I guess that's that's my shout out. If anybody wants to add me to a, a, their podcast, then you know I'm down to I'm down to join. <laughs> no, no, let's just end it. Don't let Marcus do closing words. Marcus, closing words. We are a fair and equitable. Podcast. Yeah, I was gonna say like um, uh, I I didn't see a lot of people picking right, Falcons. My guys looking at like a lot of games. Like I've. I've <laughs> I feel like I was the only one who publicly picked the Falcons to win the NFC South, and I'm going to stick with that prediction. I think they're going to they're going to turn it around this year, and they're going to win the NFC South. Okay. Whatever you're smoking, can you send it my way? Because I would like some too. Well, all right. Well, Marcus is calling it. You you can get in his mentions at Marcus underscore Sniffles. This is SB Report seven hundred six. Definitely follow me, uh, Archie Leach on Twitter. This is the Dirty Burnish Report, the unofficial official podcast of Falcons Twitter. And we out. Peace.